everyone. This is the Why Did You Do That podcast. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Mia. And, uh, yeah, this is episode two of our podcast. Well, official episode of our podcast. I did a mini-sode last week, um, I think on Wednesday, and I'll probably be doing a mini-sode, or I think Mia will be doing a mini-sode soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- on something. Um... And, yeah, this is the second episode, and today's topic are female serial killers. Yay! Yeah, right? It's exciting. It's something, it's a topic that clearly I love, and, I mean, I could talk about the psychology between, behind female serial killers and serial killers in general all day, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I've never really researched on female serial killers, just because, like, there's barely any, like, there's only, like, some. There's not, like, a lot. Or, like, a lot of famous ones. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple famous ones, like, that I can name off the top of my head, but they're not as talked about as male serial killers, and it's because that they're really not the majority of them. Um, I mean, the the case I have today is brutal. Um, she is quite the woman. Alright. Yeah, so, um, my case is Joanna Dennehy. She was a British female serial killer. Yep. So she, Joanna Dunahy, was born in August of 1982. I could not find an exact date for her birthday, so I don't know. I just know she was born in August of 1982. Um, she was born in Hertfordshire. She lived with her mom, Kathleen, her dad, Kevin, and her younger sister, Maria. Uh, it's said that her upbringing was loving, safe, supportive. She did really well in school until she turned about 15 and she entered, uh, a relationship with a 20-year-old and began to experiment with drugs and alcohol. Um, You know, you know, the falling, the falling off the cliff age is always 15. Yeah, I mean, usually. But, um, so this 20-year-old, his name was John Treanor, and she had two children with him. So as her children drew, her family and John Treanor noticed Joanna's narcissism and that she put her wants over the needs of her children and those around her. Mm -hmm. Um... Which is really rough. I mean, you know, that's, when you're putting your needs over your own child, that that's a situation that needs to be addressed. Not even that. Like, get some help. I mean, yeah, I think that's what I mean by addressing it. Yeah, get some help. Go see someone. <laughs> yeah. Don't just sit there and just let it fester. Exactly. But she did. She did just sit there and let it fester. Which I understand sometimes it can be hard to ask for help, but... Um, and she didn't care. She wasn't a diagnosed narcissist. So, Joanna started to self-harm by cutting her stomach open with knives. Um, and at this point, she began having really, like, angry and hateful feelings towards her mother. Um, and she was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, she then served time in a juvenile center for burglary. And when she got out, John Treanor took her children and relocated to get away from her because she was, like, abusive, obviously. Um, yeah. And then Joanna was homeless and alone. And That's... It, it, I mean, yeah, being homeless and alone and having your kids taken from you sucks, but what sucks worse is, um, you know, being abusive towards your family members. Yeah. Don't be a sucky person, I guess. Um... At everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to our listeners, just don't be a sucky person. Um, in 2012, Joanna was arrested and convicted of theft. Uh, she had psychological testing done and was found to have antisocial personality disorder with underlying psychopathic traits. So she was a diagnosed 
uh, psychopath. Um, and a lot of her traits were lack of empathy, rage, violence, and impulsivity. Now, this That's isn't like... Also- like just yeah. saying yeah and not everyone who has narcissistic personality disorder is an abuser like that's not what i'm saying mm. i'm just saying that because like i'm not saying that her disorder caused this i'm saying that the additional um diagnosis of psychopathy I think that's what it's, I think that's the name for it. I think that additional diagnosis of her being a psychopath really kind of topped the cake. Um, but she was known to be a narcissist that did really just bad things to her family and her children and her own self. I mean, if we look at that she was self-harming by cutting her stomach open, that's manipulation. I mean, you're manipulating people and it, I, I don't know, there are times when... Um, self-harm is a, a form of calling for help and attention, like, attention that needs to be, like, hey, I need help, and then there's also self-harm where it's just to manipulate those around you. Or for attention, like, look at this, notice me. Exactly, but that's really usually not the case. I mean, with her, I think it was, but that's just because she was known to have those tendencies tendencies. yeah usually it's not the case with people um uh so in 2012 she got out of prison uh and she met 48 year old kevin lee in the town of peterborough um lee rented out cheap rooms to vulnerable people you know like sex workers and drug addicts um of course yeah let's let's make a let's make a living off of that right Uh, like profiting off of vulnerable people what a time um, people that genuinely need help. Clearly. Um, sex work is valid work, but when you're being forced into it, obviously it's not. Yeah, like um, sex tra- Yeah, sex trafficking is not okay. And there's a huge rise of it. Actually, right now, there's a huge rise of it in 2020. I heard. Yeah. It's, I mean, especially where we live. We live on a border, so, um... But yeah, so he was renting out cheap rooms to sex workers and drug addicts and alcoholics and people escaping abusive situations. So he was taking advantage of people who needed help. Um, So Lee and Joanna entered a sexual relationship and he began to pay her rent for her. Uh, And in return, she was intimidating the people that owed him money. You know, the tenants that he was having. Oh, she was she was like She was like enforcing his like quote-unquote rules um she began to feel stable so of course when she begins to feel stable she stops taking all of her antipsychotic medicines and goes off the rails yep don't stop taking your medicine unless you're being directed by a doctor um so this is where her crimes begin on march 19th in 2013 joanna messaged lucas slabziski a Polish immigrant who had met Joanna formerly. It's a, it's a, eh. It is suspected that Slabzewski hoped for a romantic relationship with Joanna. So she invited him to her apartment where they drank, and she asked him to put a blindfold on. This is obviously, like, no fault to, like, Slabzewski. He was clearly, like, infatuated with her, and he was drinking. Um, do I think I would put on a blindfold if a random woman asked me to? Probably not, but I'm not going to fault... Yeah, I'm not going to fault him. (laughs) That's gross, first of all. Um, 
so he puts on this blindfold and then she stabbed him in the heart but she couldn't move his body on her own so she asked her friend gary richards and her other friend leslie layton to help her uh gary richards was in love with joanna so he would do anything she asked him to and he was also seven foot three that's like an nba star that is mia that's just unnecessarily tall if you okay if i stood next to this man he is two feet and three inches taller than me that's that is the size of an infant this man has a like toddler on his head that towers over me um so they uh richards and layton disposed of subzeski's body in a ditch in the countryside so a few days later only seven days later on march 28th and 2013 she invited her neighbor john chapman over to drink with her he eventually passed out yeah right he eventually passed out and joanna stabbed him in the chest six times with the same knife she used to kill slabzowski like he wasn't dead the first time no six times had to happen apparently yeah um i mean you also have when you're a psychopath you have no regard for human life like and also the same knife like why would you use the same knife that's like I can make an argument, yeah, I can make an argument for both sides of this. One, if you get caught or that knife gets, like, taken, you have, you are now being, like, you're going to be able to be convicted of two crimes, but you're lessening the chance that people will find a murder weapon, because if you use more, they're gonna find more. But in the end, just don't kill people, and you won't have to worry about that. Yeah, just don't commit crimes. Yeah, so she she stabs him six times in the chest with the same knife she used to kill her previous victim. Um, Richards and Layton came to dispose of the body again, and his remains were dumped in the same ditch as Sadowski's. Uh, that's probably a bad idea. Yep. The same rounds. Yeah. Again, again, you're, I mean, yeah, you probably should have spread out the body parts, but again, she could have just not murdered people. Um... Well, duh, But that's just me. So one day later, you remember Kevin Lee, the man that was renting to her and sleeping with her? Yes. She decides that he's her next victim. So she invites him over to her apartment, and she stabbed him in the heart, and when they found his body, he was dressed in a black dress of Joanna's. Did they figure out, like, if it was during, like, when he was alive or after? I don't know. I I just know that his body was just dressed in a, a dress of hers. I don't understand why. Maybe it was, like, I, I don't, I don't, under, I don't know why he was in a dress of hers. Maybe it's hatred towards men, or it could be... Oh, she you- definitely, she hated men. That was the motivation for her killing. She hated men. Hated them. I don't know why. Apparently, all of the men in her life were good. You know, John Treanor was good. I mean, she was getting groomed. He was five years older than her. She was a minor. He was in a walk, a different walk of life than her. So, yeah, she was getting groomed, which isn't excusable. But he was he was good to her, and so was her father. And But that doesn't excuse murder. Though. No, of course it doesn't. I'm not saying it does. Um, but, yeah, so she killed Kevin Lee, uh, who she was she was sleeping with him. Um, and his body was also taken to the ditch of her two previous victims. Um, yeah, Chapman and Slabzowski. So, a couple days later, um, on April 2nd in 2013, Joanna engaged in a robbery with her companion from before, Gary Richards, the really tall man. Of course. And another associate named Mark Lloyd. Lloyd was appalled that Joanna had been murdering, like, men. 
he I was, would be- <laughs> he was like, this is gross. Like, this is bad. How, like, this is disgusting. Um, so then, to counteract uh, Lloyd's disgust, Gary Richards told Joanna to just kill a random person on the street. As one does. Ah! Uh, yeah. Yeah. As one does. So yes. she targets 64-year-old Robin Bereza, uh, and stabs him in the shoulder and then got back in the car. He survived, though. Nine minutes later, she repeated this with a man named John Rogers, who was 57 years old, and stabbed him more than 30 times. That had to be definitely anger issues and a psychotic break. And he survived. He survived? 30 times, and he survived. How? What is he, in his 50s? He was 57. Great. Yeah. And this knife has already has already been stabbed. Like it had already stabbed four people. So you could have AIDS. You could have any kind of blood tract disease. And you, you're thinking too deep <laughs> into this. But yeah, he 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 was stabbed more than thirty times. Like that's he survived. And he survived. But also, if we think about it, you know, stabbing is a very close and all like like close and all. Like, up close in personal crime. You can shoot someone from a distance and, you know, you'll be, like, you're not going to be fine. But it's not as personal as, like, stabbing or choking someone to death. Like, you have to look them in the eyes while you do this. Yeah. Like, you you are stabbing them and you're just staring into their eyes. And also, you could also take into fact that she probably didn't stab him that deep. Because if you really think about it, if it's like an inch or maybe a centimeter, yeah, you could survive that. If she did not hit any vital uh, vital organs or any vital veins, he could definitely survive. Well, I bet, I, I'm gonna bet that she did, because, like, yeah, you could stab someone a couple times and maybe miss some of those things, but 30 times, you're probably not stabbing in the same place. Yeah. Or if you are, the knife is gonna go deeper every time. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it's a very personal way to kill someone is stabbing them. And she did it to five people. She stabbed five people and killed three of them. Oh so, God. yeah. So, Kevin Lee was reported missing by his wife and children. Now, I want to go back to the fact that Kevin Lee and Joanna Dennehy were, like, like together. Together, yeah. together. Um... And the only reason that her other two victims, Slabzowski and Chapman, weren't reported missing was because they didn't have families. Of course. Yeah, John Chapman lived alone, and Lucas Slabzowski was a Polish immigrant. So they both didn't have families. No one reported them missing, but Kevin Lee had a family, um, and he was the only one that was reported missing. So once Kevin Lee had been identified, police immediately were like, Joanna Dennehy did it. And they they began to look into her. So, um, since two of the people she tried to murder, um, the two victims she stabbed on the street were both alive, they were both able to identify her. It was in broad daylight that she stabbed them, so. Like, she straight up, in the middle of the day, stabbed them. No face covering, nothing, just. So that completely gives you away. Yeah. She's not smart. Um. Or she's just really apathetic. I don't know. I don't know. It's not up to me to decide. But, um... Oh, yeah. And then the bodies of her first two victims, Slabzowski and Chapman, were discovered April 3rd, but no connection was made initially initially between her murder... Like, their murders and Lee's, even though they were all dumped in the same place. But 
So the cops couldn't legit connect the dots to that? Like, I mean, I guess it's better to wait to connect the dots, but they were all found in the same place, killed in the, the same manner. It's the same dumping ground. It's the same dumping ground, and they were all killed in the same manner. Like, it's not like one was choked, one was stabbed. Like, they were all stabbed, and they were all in the same place. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. And this is the part that gets me. Now, this is how you can really tell that she's a psychopath. When she was arrested, she was calm and she was cold. And when they were walking her to the, her cell, she was singing the song Singing in the Rain. That. While that, she was walking to her cell. Yeah. That's straight out of a horror movie. That yeah. would give me. Right? It's like that whistling. It's like the, do you know what song I'm, you know what song I'm talking about? Yeah. You, yeah. You know what song I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So this all happened within a couple months. Like, she started killing people in March and finished killing people in April, started getting caught in April. So on May 8th in 2013, Dunahee was charged with the murder of Kevin Lee. Soon after that, the connection between the two other murders were made and she got charged with their murders also. So at least she got justice, or she didn't get justice. But the victims got justice because she was charged with all of their murders. Because in a lot of, mur- like, serial killer cases, they're not charged with all of the murders because they can't prove all of them. But they could prove all of these. Oh, like Ted Bundy where he, like, said he killed over more than 100 people. Yeah. They could- yeah, they couldn't like- prove them. Yeah. Sometimes they just can't tie them to you, which is strange, but it happens. Um, she was also charged with the attempted murders of the two victims... And the same knife, as I said before, was used in all five of the attacks. Of course. Yep. So, while awaiting trial, a plan to escape was found in Dennehy's journal. It involved killing and injuring a guard and cutting off the finger to bypass the biometric system. So, she straight up um, was like, I'm going to kill or really hurt a guard and cut their finger off so I can use their fingerprint to pass all the systems. Straight out of an action movie. You're jumping from horror to action, but yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. So because they found this plan, they put her in solitary confinement for two years. Now I want to I want to interject here um, and very clearly state my not Mia's my views on solitary confinement. It's inhumane for a few reasons. You can be the most brutal human being on this planet, but solitary confinement will never be humane. It puts you alone. Humans are social animals. I And that's coming from someone who took the 16 personalities test, got INFJ-T with a 96% introversion score. I still know I could not be just alone for two years. I couldn't. Because yeah. no one can. Because humans are social people. Solitary and confinement's not humane. I mean, our imprisonment system is very messed up at this moment. Yeah. Like, at this moment, it's always been messed up. And, like, Germany's... Like, people live on farms and rehabilitate themselves. Even if they're on there for a life. They yeah. still... I... Yeah, we should be focused... The prison is Well, okay, first of all, the United States government is corrupt. It's... It's unjust in more than one way. I could go on and on about it all day, but more specifically, the prison system is just, um, 
it focuses too much on punishment and not enough on rehabilitation and rehabilitation is really important because punishment so okay I'm at home right and my little brother who is six years younger than me gets in trouble and now there's two routes my parents could go they could either sit there and they could ground him for forever or they could tell him what he did wrong and then like act accordingly from there the prison system doesn't do that it's just oh you got arrested for this 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 well we're gonna punish you and you don't get a chance to do anything with it yeah and and it's just the prison system's bad solitary confinement is bad and it doesn't work and um a lot of people i could make a whole mini episode on solitary confinement but a lot of people come out of solitary confinement with a lot of mental health issues um because they're alone for two years. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, that's my rant on solitary confinement. I literally wrote in my notes, in parentheses, rant about the problem of solitary confinement. So I had to make sure I did that. Um, but on November 21st in 2013, she pled guilty to everything. Which, obviously, you were caught. Um, yeah. Mark Lloyd, the guy who was disgusted by the murders... Um, and witnessed both of the attempted murders, testified against her, and he wasn't charged with anything. Even though he was there, he didn't, he wasn't charged with anything. Um. He wasn't really. He wasn't involved, yeah. Okay, so on February 10th, 2014, Gary Richards, tall guy, was charged with attempted murder, and Layton was charged with obstruction of justice. So, both were charged with not allowing a lawful burial of a body because they just dumped the bodies in ditches. Um, on February 28th in 2014, Joanna Dennehy sentenced, was sentenced to life imprisonment, which is one of only three women in the UK who were given that life sentence. Um, usually they were given, like, with probation, like, life, se- life imprisonment with the opportunity per- for parole, but they didn't allow that. Um, the judge said she should never be released because she is a psychopath and premeditated each murder. Um, and, yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, this, this woman is a diagnosed, diagnosed, bleh, a diagnosed, no, my gosh, I can't say that word for the life of me. She's a diagnosed psychopath. Um, and, you know, some people can be rehabilitated. I don't think everyone can be, but I still think our focus should be rehabilitation over punishment. Because no one responds well to punishment. Of course. No one does. I get happy when I get grounded. No. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if grounding is really (laughs) comparable to... Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, um... Those are the murders of Joanna Dennehy and the attempted murders. But one thing I really appreciated was that she was charged with all of them. That's good. Like, to the full extent. And she's still in prison to this day. I mean, and this is a very recent case. She was she was charged in 2014, and the murders happened in 2012 and 2013. So, it's a very recent case. But um, my source was Crime and Investigation UK. Um, you can find all the extensive information here, but this is just my two cents on the, uh, the piece. Um, Mia, it's, it's your turn. You have a female serial killer to talk about now. This is kind of, I don't say I wouldn't want to pity this woman, but just saying serial killer, but her early life is just so sad. All right. So I did 
Eileen Warnos. Oh, I I'm, love Eileen. Well, I don't love her, but I, I know about the crimes. I'm sorry if I butchered that name. No, you, no, you were right. Eileen Warnos. Well, Warnos was born. Eileen Carol Pittman was her original name in Rochester, Mich- Michigan, on February 29th, 1956. My birthday month. Her f- mother, Diane Warnos, born 1939, was 14 years old when she married I, um, Eileen's English 16 year old Leo Dale Pittman, 1937, and he died in 1967. On June 3rd, 1954, Eileen's older brother Keith was born on March 14th, 1955. After less than two years of marriage and two months before Eileen was born, Diane filed for a divorce. You know, because that's not every American. Yep. Warnos never met her father, and as he was incarcerated at the time of her birth. Again, the prison prison system and the justice system. What did he do? They didn't explain it. Apparently, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and later convicted of sex crimes against children. Oh, so he was a pedophile. Basically. Okay, I don't feel bad for him then. I I don't. I don't either. And eventually, he died uh, because of suicide by hanging himself in the prison on June 30th, 1969. So she never met her father. Never seen him, seen a picture of him. Because she was just too young. Yeah. And in January 1960, when Warnos was almost four years old, Diane abandoned her children, leaving them with their maternal grandparents, Lori and Britta Warnos. Oh, that's not great. Oh, but it gets better. Both alcoholics adopted Keith in March 18th, 1960. Like, she already hadn't had a tragic start. Her mom abandons her. Her dad kills himself. It, her it grandparents just, are raging alcoholics. And like, I feel bad for her. But no child should ever go I through that. I think you can sympathize with these people's childhoods and still recognize the crimes and the amount of horrible things they did. Just no child should ever go through No, this. exactly. No child should ever go through that. But, like, like, you can say, like, oh, wow, that really sucked. But it still doesn't justify what they did. No, it doesn't. Not at all. And by the age of 11, Warnos began engaging in sexual activities in school exchange for cigarettes and drugs and food. There's a better way to get those things. Was whoring herself out not to... I'm not really making that. Like, it's basically prostitution. Basically. Sex work, not prostitution. Sex work. But still, for cigarettes, drugs, and food, not for, like... This is a little girl. She's not... Yeah, no, I'm not justifying the fact that... I just don't like the use of that word because it's super um, stigmatized. Yeah, I, I know. I just couldn't really find the word. A better way. Yeah, I think she, yeah, she was selling her body, which is really not good, especially at that young of an age. Even though. Yeah, she was so young. She was a baby. Like, you, you're you not even developed at that point. Yeah. Yep. That's Still really developed. sad. That's really sad. It's disgusting by the way she also engaged in sexual activities with her brother oh oh um sweet home alabama i was about to ask if she was in alabama she was in uh what state again no rochester michigan michigan okay that's uh oh that's great warno said that her alcoholic grandfather had sexually assaulted and beaten her when she was a child 
Before beating her, he would force her to strip off her clothes. In 1970, at age 14, she became pregnant, having been raped by an accomplice of her grandfather. Oh, no. That's so what happened with the child? Warnos gave birth to a boy at the home of for unwed mothers on March 23rd, 1971. child was placed for adoption. Oh. So a child didn't get to experience that life or what his mother had done. Mm-hmm. Had got to live another life you know what and that's i'm glad that eileen had the sense at 14 to allow a child to have a better life than yeah, she did bit. yeah she couldn't have she couldn't have i don't think it would make i mean she wasn't in an environment to have it like to keep a child or to healthily be able to raise a child and when you're 14 you are still just a baby i'm not saying that 14 15 16 year olds can't be good moms but it's not likely I wouldn't want my child to be involved with what, like, having the gran- the alcoholic grandparents and the grandfather. Yeah, it's not a good situation. No, it's not. And to have your child be, um, a, the, to be the, what's, what am I trying to say? The, uh, like. Victim. No, not victim, because she was the victim of sexual assault, but her child was the product of sexual assault. Yes. And, but at least she didn't, like, have any regrets and, like, she just wanted it to have a good life. I'm sure she did have regrets, but I'm glad that she had the sense to give that child a better better life. That's a big choice. It really is. Especially when you're so young and have already gone through so much. I mean, it's a mature choice to make. A few months after her son was born, she dropped out of school. Never a good sign. Stay in school. At about the same time that her grandmother died of liver failure. You know, the alcohol didn't do a good enough. she was an alcoholic, yeah. When Warnos was 15, her grandfather threw her out of the house, and she began supporting herself as a prostitute and living in the woods near her old home. Living in the woods? Yeah, basically like a mountain mountain woman. (laughs) (laughs) Did she have, like, a shelter, or was it just the woods? No, she. it was her old home, her family home. Oh, okay. Her father just moved out because um, the grandmother died. But Where's her brother at this point? Uh, it says nothing about her brother. It's that, like, he probably, I should have probably looked this up, but he probably, honestly, probably went another way, or he probably either went a bad way, but still, like, experience that when you're so young, when mm-hmm. all of these traumatic experiences happen to you and you have no no outlet no help yeah. it's horrible and this is where it starts getting worse here's Great. the early activity on may 27th 1974 at age 18 warnos was arrested in jefferson county colorado for driving under the influence disorderly conduct and fire a point a 22 caliber pistol from moving from a moving vehicle and she was later charged with a failure to appear. Again, she thinks she's a gangster now because she can fire it whenever she wants. Yeah, and don't do that. By driving under the influence. It, it's honestly going down a spiral in a rabbit hole with her. In 1976, Warnos hitchhiked to Florida, met a 79-year-old yacht club president, Lou 
Louis Gratzfeld. You know what? Get that money. Honestly, yeah. Get a sugar baby. Why not? Get that money. But, like, she was already abused by older men. Yeah, grooming. Grooming's not great. Um, great at 14. Yeah. They married quickly. Ah. The in- they're nuptials. Don't know N- what that. Nuptials. Nuptials. Thank you. I'm glad I'm the English one here. <laughs> Was printed in the local newspaper society pages. So you're marrying a sugar baby. Daddy, Get that sugar money. daddy, Mia. Get that money. Get that money. However, Wernos continually involved herself in confrontations at their local bar and went to jail briefly for assault. Ah. Yep. You know, just punching, punching bitches. Let's let's go. Yeah. She also hit Fell with his own cane, leading him to gain a restraining order against her within weeks of the marriage. She returned to Michigan. (laughs) Yeah. Within weeks of them being married, she starts hitting them. Husband with a cane. Oh my gosh. I'm not laughing at the abuse she caused him. I'm just, it's just, it's so soon. Like, I don't even know. And what is it? She returned to Michigan, where on July 14th, 1976, she was arrested in Atron County and charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at a bartender. Oh, uh, <laughs> what? We're not off to a good start. No, we're not. I, this is just a cue ball. Yeah. <laughs> what bartender do? Nothing. Probably annoyed her or something. Or probably try to, like, get her to drink water. (laughs) Just, please, water, ma'am. No, don't tell me what to do. On July 7th, her brother Keith died of esophagus cancer. I can't, like, really say the Esophageal. Esophageal cancer. And Warnos received 10000 from his life insurance. I was going to say, do you think she murdered him? But no, it was cancer. Cancer. And Warnos and Fell annulled their marriage annulled annulled their marriage on july 21st after only nine weeks wow that's a that's a quick one in august 76 Warnos was given a hundred and 105 dollar fine for drunk driving so falling into the same path that her grandparents and grand and mother did basically that's so great she used the Inherited from her brother to pay the fine and spend the rest within the two months buying luxuries, including a new car, which she wrecked shortly afterwards. Drunk driving? Yes. Ah. On May 20th, 1981, Warnos was arrested in Edgewater, Florida for armed robbery of a convenience store where she stole $35 and two packs of cigarettes. She was sentenced to prison on May 4th, 1982, and released on June 30th, 1983. Sis. She is... I I understand she's struggling, but she had an opportunity to... Yes, I know. Everyone you love is dead. Your grandparents, your brother, your mother doesn't talk to you, your dad's dead. But you had an opportunity to start a new life with the $10,000 that you inherited from your brother. Yeah. You had a good opportunity that a lot of people don't get. Yep, no. Mm-mm. Nope. That was her. 
And she was released June 30th, 1983. On May 1st, 1984, Warnos was arrested for attempting to pass forged check at a bank in Key West. Forged checks? Really? Yeah, we're forging checks now. Great. It just doesn't stop. And on November 30th, 1985, she was named as a suspect in the theft of a revolver and ammunition in Pasco County. On January 4th, 1986, Warnos was arrested in Miami and charged with car theft, resisting arrest, and obstruction of justice for providing identification bearing her aunt's name. Miami police officers found a 38 caliber revolver in a box of ammunition in a stolen car. Second, 1986, Ovovosica County, I think I said that correctly, deputy sheriffs detained Warnos for questioning after a male companion accused her of pulling a gun in his car and demanding $200. Well, you could have just asked. <laughs> I know you probably wouldn't have gotten the money, but you could have just been like, hey, bro, kind of struggling right now. Do you have 200 bucks? Not even that. You could also get a job. Like, there's jobs out there. Well, okay. I can see how some people can't get a job. Like, jobs are hard to get sometimes. Especially when you're already in a bad situation and you don't really have an address. Jobs are hard to get. But, you don't murder people. No. We're not even on that yet. No, you don't threaten people. This is only the early criminal ridiculous what is it so she has a lot of stuff already before she even started murdering people yeah basically she had well warnos was found to be carrying a spare ammunition and a police discovered a 22 pistol under the passenger seat she had occupied under around this time warnos met tyra moore a hotel maid at a daytona beach lesbian bar it sounds like my kind of place They moved in together, and Warno supported them with her earnings as a prostitute. And on July 4th, 1987, Daytona Police Beach Police detained Warnos and Moore at a bar for questioning regarding an incident which they were accused of assault and battery with a beer bottle. But, like, you could have such a good life with her. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen. You could have been a successful sex worker. You know, you could have had a lovely lesbian relationship. But no. 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 Mm -hmm. You have to assault people. On March 12, 1988, Warnos accused a Daytona Beach bus driver of assault. She claimed that he pushed her off the bus following a confrontation. Moore was listed as a witness to the incident up until her execution. Warnos claimed to still be in love with Moore. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. She got executed? Why did she get executed? No, no files, no cases at all. I searched and searched the internet for it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Her lover got executed? I'm guessing for the, I'm guessing either it was probably. They're not going to execute you for battery or assault. No, I'm guessing it's um, a citizen or like a gang member or a pimp. You're looking it up. Yeah, I am. I have my laptops, my laptops, my lack, whatever, my whatever, my laptop in front of me. Why was her Tyria Moore? Why was she? 
What? Why was she executed? Oh, no. I think you're reading it wrong. Okay. I think Warnos got executed. Warnos got executed? Yeah, later in her life. I don't think Moore got executed. I think we're reading it wrong. I think that Warnos got executed and loved Tyria until she died. Yeah. Okay, so Tyria didn't get executed. Alright, well, that was just me being a (laughs) dum-dum. Unless she did, but what I saw, I don't think she did. Warnos got executed eventually. Okay, go on. Sorry, I was confused. Oh, no, you're fine. I was was confused, too, because I was, like, reading it out loud, and I was just like, this does not sound correct. (laughs) And this is where the murders start happening. Oh, great. Warnos murdered seven men within a period of 12 months. Oh, rich. Mallory, age 51, November 30th, 1989, electronic store owner in Clearwater, Warnos first victim was a convicted rapist whom she claimed to have killed in self-defense. I think I would kill him, too. I, it, that one's Listen, you know what? I'll kill the rapist. It's understandable, though, because if he's, like, coming on to you, literally trying to rape you, like, that's... No, Mia, I would just kill the rapist. (laughs) I don't care if he's trying to rape me, um, I'll kill him anyways. Yeah. He's a rapist. Warnos claims she was sodomized and brutally beaten after being driven to an abandoned area for sexual requests. Um. Yeah. Two days later, a Volsa County deputy sheriff found Mallory abandoned... Mallory's abandoned vehicle. On December 13th, his body was found several miles away in a wooden area. He had been shot several times, two bullets to the left lung, where were found to have been the cause of death. And on to the next one. David Andrew Spears, age 47, construction worker in Winter, Winter Garden. He was declared missing as of May 19th, 1990. In 1990, his naked body was found along the U.S. Route... You're good at words. U.S. Route 19 in Florida in Citrus County. He had been shot six times by a 22 pistol. Jesus. So, okay, wait. She used the 22 caliber, the last murder, right? Yes. Okay, and the 22 caliber was found under her passenger seat car, right? Yep. When okay. she... Uh, armed robbery. Okay, so she's just using the twenty-two caliber. Yeah. Okay. All right. Charles, on, isn't Edmund... there already a twenty-two caliber killer? Who? There's a twenty-two caliber killer. I don't remember their name. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay, I'll look it up later. Charles Edmund Carcassonne. Very exotic name. Could not figure it out. Age forty, May thirty-first, nineteen ninety. Part-time rodeo worker. Okay, dream job, first of all. On June 6, 1990, his body was found in Pasco County. He had been shot nine times with a twenty caliber weapon, and the body had been wrapped in an electric blanket, and the body was badly decomposing when found. Witness, witnesses saw Warnos in possessions of his car, and Warnos had also pawned a gun identified as to belonging to him. Okay, so she stole his car. And sold his gun. And sold his gun. Alright, okay. Not smart, not smart. 
sped up the decomposition process by wrapping them in an electric print. That was smart. Because if you can speed something up, they can't exactly play... We both took forensics. They can't... They and, yeah they can't gauge the time if you ruin their it's like if you place a body in water it washes away the majority of the evidence and the time of death like can't really be found well it really be determined that it's well what happened yeah it's what happened in the West Mem- Memphis three which is a case we will be covering eventually it's one of my favorite cases of course of course and on to the next one Peter Abraham Symes age 65, retired merchant seaman who devoted much of his time to Christian outreach ministry. Christian. In June 1990, Seams left Jupiter, Florida, for Arkansas. On July 4th, 1990, his car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. Moore and Warnos were seen abandoning the car, and Warnos' palm print was found on the interior door handle. His body was never found. Oh. What do you think happened with that? I think she's an, I think Moore is an accomplice. Ty, Tyra Moore Tyria, is an accomplice. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this cold-blooded woman was in love with her, I mean. Divine odds, shooting bad men. Oh, right. <laughs> Troy Eugene Boris, age 50, sausage sound. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. All of these men have my dream job. I know. Rodeo just... worker, sausage salesman. These are my dreams. Oh my gosh. From uh, On July 31st, 1990, he was reported missing. And on August 4th, 1990, his body was found in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Maron County. He had got twice. Charles Richard Dick Humphreys, <laughs> September 11th, 1990, retired U.S. Air Force major, former state child abuse investigator, and former chief of police. So this man's not a bad guy. Right. Well, I mean, he's a police officer. But he also is, like, a child abuse investigator. Yeah, he's also a police officer. True, true. On September 12, 1990, his body was found in Marion County. He was fully clothed and had been shot six times in the head and the torso. His car was found in Swanee County. Oh, hold on. I want to say, I don't want anyone to get mad at me. I'm not saying all police officers are bad. I'm not saying what happened to him was justified. And being a child abuse investigator is very useful. Very. I wasn't trying to sound insensitive, but... And he's chief of police. Yeah. Walter Gino Antonio, age 62, trucker, security guard, and police rever- okay. reserve. Again, trucker, one of my dream jobs. <laughs> On November 19th, 1990, Antonio's nearly naked body was found near a remote logging road in Dixie County. He had been shot four times. Five days later, his car was found in Brev. She is in all the counties. She's in Marion County, in Citrus County, like... Been traveling, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's smart. 
And on July 4th, 1990, Warnos and Moore abandoned Sam's car after they were involved in an accident. Witnesses who had seen the woman driving the victim's car provided police with their names and descriptions, resulting in a media campaign to locate them. Police had also found some victims' belongings in pawn shops and retrieved fingerprints matching those of the victim's car. Again, this is early 90s. Forensics isn't perfected yet. It's just coming around, and it's just, like, getting into court. Like, mm-hmm. it, but it's amazing what we can do with forensics now. Warner's had a criminal record in Florida, and her fingerprint were on file, but Tyra Moore's wasn't. The last resort bar in Volvosa County where Warnos was arrested. On January 9th, 1991, Warnos was arrested at the last resort at a biker, it's a biker bar. <laughs> okay. It, in Pennsylvania. So she traveled basically almost 100 miles from Florida to Pennsylvania. 100? I think 100. I don't know. 100? Not 100. A lot I, more than 100, I think. A lot more? Well, what, uh, 200. Nope, nope. Are you Man. Googling it? Mia, it's more than 100. It's more than 200. I'm... Because from Erie, Pennsylvania to New York City, it's 800. Give me a like, I need to know this. this is, <laughs> it's more than 200. This is the most important. The United States is big. Well... How many miles, Mia? Uh, it's 1,130. Mm-hmm. Two hundred. All right. Oh, that's a lot of miles. <laughs> a lot of miles. She agreed to elicit a confession from Warnos in exchange for immunity from prosecution. Moore returned with the police to Florida, where she is, was put up in a motel. Under police guidance, she made numerous telephone calls to Warnos, pleading for help in claiming. Three days later, on June 16th, 1991, Warnos confessed to the murders, and she claimed that the men had tried to rape her, and she killed them in self-defense. Good move! I don't... I want to believe victims, but I also don't know if I can believe her. Like, I, I, like, I understand, like, in the early age, but I think she's just trying to do this to cover it up. Like, this is just false accusation. She that murdered the... seven men. Yeah. Like, you murdered seven men. Yeah. And the majority of them weren't self-defense from what she said. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. A year later, on June 14th, 1992, Warnos went to trial for the murder of Mallory. Although previous convictions are normally admissible, Inadmissible in criminal trials under Florida's Williams rule, the prosecution was allowed to introduce evidence related to her crimes to show a pattern of illegal activity. So, forensics were basically getting introduced and they allowed it. On, June, on January 27, 1992, Warnos was convicted of Mallard murder with a help from testimony. So, more turned on her. Ty- Tyra Moore turned on her, basically. And, Just to cl- wow. To clear her name. After, after It's just, like, it's a horrible move. No, I, like, smart. Loved you. And, what can you do? 
At her sentencing, psychiatrist for defense testified that Warnos was mentally unstable and had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. For four days later, she was sentenced to death. I don't think we have the death penalty anymore in um, New York, do we? In New York? I don't, I don't know, actually. I actually don't even know what my opinions on the death penalty are. Like, I, I want to have an opinion on it. I just don't know what my opinion is on it. Do I you... don't murder people. I think it's like, yeah, live out the sentence. Well, like, you're just making it easier for them by giving them Yeah, I, I literally, I agree. I think that having the opportunity to just die is a lot easier than having to fester in what you did for the rest of your life and rot in prison. Like. And think I, about what you did. I, I don't like the death penalty. I think it's a dumb, I think it's inhumane for killing people. But they should also live with what they have done. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't fully know my opinions on it. So you, uh, she got the death penalty? Mandated now. Like, it's it's kind of iffy with some states. In a couple places, they brought back hanging. I think that was Texas or... I don't think so. I thought it was, like, Wisconsin or something. But they brought back hanging. They brought back the firing, like, the shooting, like, firing like, range. Hundreds episode. Like, this is 2020. We should not be hanging people. We should not be, like, subjecting people to, like, the firing squad. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I don't know about this country anymore. I really don't. I, I've never known about this country, to be fair, but. And I, when we took A-Push, we took APUS. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And we still don't know this country. I, well... We only know this crappy history. I know this... Well, most of our history is crappy. Most of our history is appropriating and dismantling... Not dismantling. That's not what I'm about to say. What I'm trying to say is we should be dismantling the systems because the systems in place are um, unjust, uh, systematically oppressive towards uh, multiple groups. Um, Basically, our country sucks. Oh, yeah. So, you're welcome to live here so long as you're straight, white, cis, um, uh, Christian, etc. Um, yeah. it's not, it's not a very progressive country, as much as we like to say it is. It's anymore. I mean, the KKK is making a full comeback right now. Because <laughs> of our president. Yeah, yeah, well, if, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a white supremacist. TikTok's on. I was about to say that. That's not TikTok. That's, um... That's a song. Huh? It's a song. And a it's tweet. It's chapter 319. Yeah, 319. By, yeah, it's... it. Have you watched Hamilton, Mia? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, by David. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Do continue. Sorry. March 31st, 1992, Warnos pleaded no contest to the murders on Humphreys, Burris, and Spears. Saying she wanted to get right with God. Well. Just, no. <laughs> yeah, she found God, guys. In her statement to the court, she said, in part, I, want to conf- I wanted to confess that Richard Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but these others did not. Ah. They've only 
Because she first said they all raped her. So she admitted to it. Yeah. So, false accusations. On May 15th, 1992, Warnos was given three more death death sentences. Jeez. Yep. In June 1992, Warnos pleaded guilty to the murder of Karskaden, the one I couldn't pronounce. In November 1992, she received her fifth death sentence. Sweetheart, you're bracking it all. Yeah, she's she's getting some death sentences there, that's for sure. And it's a, oh my gosh, it's just crazy. The defense made efforts during the trial to introduce evidence that Mallory had been tried for attempt to commit rape in Maryland that had been committed to the maximum security correctional facility that provided remediation to sexual offenders. Or remediation? I don't know. Records obtained that from the institution reflected on from 1958 to 1962, Mallory was committed for treatment and observation resulting from a criminal charge of assault with intent to rape. In overall eight years of treatment from the facility in 1961, it was observed of Mr. Mallory that he was possessed strong sociopathic trends, end quote. The judge refused to allow this to be admitted into court as evidence and denied Warnos' request for a retrial. Again, I think that is a stupid move from the judge, but at the same time, at the same time, it's just, it's, I don't know. February 1993, Warnos pleaded guilty to the murder of Antonio and was sentenced to death again. Oh, so six now. Oh, yeah. But also the judge refused to allow any evidence in court, basically. Because, you know, that sucks. But guilty of the murder of Antonio and was sentenced to death again. No charges were brought against her for the murder of Seams, as his body was never found. In all, she was received six deaths, so the seventh was never found and went cold. Warnos told several inconsistent stories about the killings, and she claimed initially that all seven men had raped her while she was working as a prostitute, but later recanted the claim of self-defense. Again! (laughs) Huh? Citing robbery and a desire to leave no witnesses as the reason for murder, during an interview with the filmmaker Nick Broomfield, when she thought the cameras were off, she told him that it, in fact, self-defense that it was, in fact, self-defense, and she could not stand being on death row, where she had been for 10 years at that point and wanted to die. Assessed using the psychopathic the psych, psychopathy checklist, Warno scored 32 out of 40. The check, that's high. <laughs> the check evaluates individuals on a 20-item list of antisocial and interpersonal behaviors, which each item being scored at 0, 1, or 2, and thus a maximum score of 40. Depending on location and research perceptive, scores 25 or 30 are consistent with the diagnosis of psychopathy. And in the end, Warnos was incarcerated and then executed. In 2002, she was executed, tainting her food with saliva, dirt, and urine. Oh, oh. I was yeah. born that year. And she committed... She tried to commit suicide before her execution. But was but it, unsuccessful. And then she was cremated. And then they spread her ashes by her childhood friend, which I don't understand. 
Well, I, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, those, that, that's a crazy case. I, I always forget about that case. Um, it's not super, I mean, it's interesting. It's really interesting. And especially with our childhood trauma, but we are about to run out of time. It's giving me 10 seconds left. Um, so that was the female serial killers episode.